Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 114 of Screwball, uh, and as you may have noticed, we are doing a Skype call uh, this week. If you notice any drop in quality, just due to uh, some scheduling issues we had, so this was kind of on the fly, and we just kind of had to record, uh, try to find in a time slot that both worked for both Frank and I. Um, so apologize in advance if there's any... Uh, drop in audio or any audio issues, but we're trying our best here. So um, other than that, though, it's been a fairly eventful week in baseball. Some tempers really flaring out in Anaheim and, and a no-hitter. So let's get into that and the rest of the news. With the first piece of news, as I mentioned, there was a combined no-hitter over the last weekend. Uh, the Astros threw a combined no-hitter against the New York Yankees, surprisingly enough, of all teams, especially this year. Um, three Houston Astros pitchers combined to throw a no-hitter against the Yankees on Saturday afternoon at Yankee Stadium. Starting pitcher Christian Javier went seven hitless innings before turning things over to the bullpen in a 3-0 win. It is the 14th no-hitter in franchise history, and this is the first time the Yankees have been no-hit since 2003 against the Astros. So the Astros no-hitting the Yankees here in 2020 and in 2003, both combined no-hitters. And I believe Christian Javier had 13 strikeouts. He pitched a real gem. Uh, I don't know. I forget who they turned it over after that. They turned it over to to someone else and then to Ryan Presley to close it out. So it was seven innings from the starter, one inning from another reliever, and one inning from Ryan Presley. So pretty good on their part to shut down a incredibly hot Yankees team right now. I think that it's one of the more impressive no-hitters we've seen in a while. I know last year there were a lot, and there were a lot against some lesser-hitting teams, the Yankees included, with Corey Kluber. Uh, so congrats to the Astros on throwing another uh, no-hitter, and uh, I believe we've had a few this year now. So uh, congrats to them, and congrats to Christian Javier, who's really got stretched out in that game through like 115 pitches and was more or less a reliever. So congrats to him, too. The uh, second piece of news I have here is the Phillies finally calling up former number one pick Mark Appel. I don't know if many people saw this headline or, or kind of even surprised to hear the name Mark Appel again, but uh, it's been a long road for Mark Appel. Um, he finally reached his call up on Friday, or at least the, that's when the report came out. Uh, his story is long and winding and kind of would take a long time to really, you could do a whole episode on Mark Appel's whole, whole journey to the big leagues, but he was originally drafted out of high school in 09, originally, originally, uh, before he opted to go back to college, I believe, and uh, go back to school, and then got redrafted again a few years later. And in 2014, shortly after being drafted, he, he posted a 9.74 ERA in single A. So he uh, he had a rough journey to get here, and it took a long time, uh, you know, from originally being drafted in 09 to, you know, to finally making the big leagues is, is a, you know, is a fair jump. But he finally did make it. He did not join that infamous list of people who get drafted number one overall and don't ever make it to the big leagues or, or um, you know, get hurt or, or some other unforeseen uh, issue. 
But he does finally make it. He makes it on the Phillies, and just good for him finally to 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 get going and and to start his what hopefully could be maybe a few years here in the majors a good career. And number three was kind of what I alluded to in the top of the show about the news with uh, some kind of tempers flaring in Anaheim uh, in L.A. Um, so the bench is cleared between the uh, Angels and the Mariners. Uh, after being hit on Sunday, Jesse Winker uh, held his left hand up and exchanged some words uh, with the Angels dugout uh, and took a few steps towards the first base side along side home plate umpire I believe it was yeah John Bacon and Angels catcher Max Stassi but then he ran towards the dugout and um the home plate umpire and the third base umpire Adrian Johnson attempted to, to kind of restrain him but he was wrestled out of the hold and and he started charging towards Anthony Rendon um who's hurt or on the injured list uh and they both kind of threw their hands at each other's faces like I believe Rendon like there was like this like he kind of pushed off the face um, at that point, the majority of the players for both teams were kind of in the thick of it. And quote, this is a quote from Jesse Winker. Uh, it didn't really matter what was said. Uh, they threw a ball over Julio Rodriguez's head and I wasn't really trying to talk to anybody. So clearly he was pissed off. Mariners as a whole seemed pretty pissed off. The angels were pissed off. I believe multi- it took a while for the, the sides to clear. And, uh, it, it was one of the more, I wouldn't say brutal, but it was one of the more, uh, violent you know, brawls we've seen in a while where fights kept breaking out and people getting hit and punched and slapped and uh, not a great scene over there. But, uh, you know, it's surprising. You know, I don't know. I didn't know Jesse Winker at all was really a, a hothead, but it, he seemed to be it on Sunday. So, yeah, kind of a I, I thought worth mentioning because it was one of the one of the bigger bench, benches clearing brawls that we'll see in baseball. And it was kind of Interesting to watch two teams that are kind of, you know, in the West trying to get something going because both teams really are good enough to at least challenge the Astros for that division. So, so yeah, like I said, I thought it was uh, I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the fight was uh, pretty big. It was reminiscent of the Cardinals Reds some years back. Brandon Phillips, Yadier Molina. Yeah, uh, Rendon. You know, they said Rendon and Nevin were ch- uh, chirping from the dugout. Rendon hit Winker. It's about the only thing he's ever done, you know, so far with the Angels is uh, he had a home run lefty and punched Je- Jesse Winker, I guess, or hit slapped him, <laughs> whatever he did. Some other news I got here quickly, Carl Santana traded from the Royals to the Mariners. Um, it's an early trade, not much going back the other way, mostly for see what he could do with the Mariners and get the Mariners back into contention. If they don't get back in contention, they could trade Santana for, you know, a profit or trade him back to get – you know, some other uh, players. So it's pretty much an early early trade to see what they could do. And the other piece of news I have here, uh, Freddie Freeman drops his agent. Obviously, he was pretty upset that he had to leave Atlanta. So, yeah, he um, dropped his agent. I think he is still upset. He pretty much said he's still upset, and he'd rather be in Atlanta. So um, that's hard news to hear as a Dodgers fan, that you're one of your best players, if not your best player, wants to not be with the Dodgers and rather be in Atlanta still. So, that's something to look out for. And the last uh, piece of news I have here, and it leads into our topic, is Wes Johnson, the Twins pitching coach, uh, leaves the Twins after this this series with Cleveland to become the pitching coach or resume the same spot at LSU. His reasoning was he wanted to be close to his family, um, things like that. 
Um, he's been with the Twins since 2019, and he's done a good job with the Twins, especially this year with their pitching. But um, it's weird to see that a team, a player, or a coach, I should say, had a first-place team, would leave his team to go to college after the college season just started, or just finished, I should say. And MLB season's in, you know, mid-season on a first-place team. And the topic really comes to the fact that all these pitching coach, hitting coaches, bench coaches, coaches like that, are they underpaid? The stats haven't really come out about this, but there's, you know, rumors of what's what happened there. And I heard that he was only making $250,000 to be the coach of the Twins. And LSU offered him $750,000 to be the pitching coach of LSU. So he's going to make $500,000 bonus by doing the same job in college. And I just think that that's hard to believe because managers make millions and millions of dollars, players make millions of dollars, and then these pitching coaches and hitting coaches and bench coaches who have just as importance or could even have more important than sometimes as a manager, and they're making almost no money. I mean, they're making good money in, in, the, in the average person standpoint, but to be a pitching coach for a major league team that's in first place to make $250,000 doesn't seem right. You would think they'd be making at least closer to the million-dollar mark or a million dollars. But so that's just a topic of the day. Um, it's not going to be a super long topic here, but isn't it just um, surprising that these coaches aren't making that much money? It just seems like it. It, it just seems like their their pay has never progressed past like you know this eighties. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I think that you know you see such a disparity in. Uh, in or at least the difference between you know a, a manager's salary because managers command a lot of money there's big news on on managers it doesn't seem to be as much news following coaches you know i i think that it's you know kind of important to note that a pitching coach and a hitting coach are kind of your two more or a bench coach are kind of your more well-known coaching positions in baseball and the fact that they would be paid like you know what would that be like an eighth <laughs> or a ninth of the, or even a 10th of the yearly annual salary that a, a, a head coach, a manager would make seems ridiculous to me. Um, now granted there's assistant coaches. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of, there's, there's strength and conditioning. There's the bullpen coach. There's this, there's that there's, there's a lot that goes into a major league team that you don't really see. And sometimes pitch, you know, uh, there's, you know, three quote unquote pitching coaches, there's a head pitching coach, but then there's two assistants or a hitting coach and two hitting coaches or, you know, there's there's catching, you know, coaches and stuff like that. So um, obviously a team can't invest too much money into these coaches or else the salary would, you know, isn't necessarily justified. But I do think that if we're talking someone that is making about two hundred fifty thousand dollars at a major league level and can go and triple his salary at a college, uh, you know, a college, collegiate level, uh, I think is a bit ridiculous. And I think that that's. Uh, something that should be changed. I think that you would at least expect kind of, I think kind of like you said that these coaches would at least be seeing a, a million dollars annually. Uh, I don't think that's a big contract anymore for, for major league teams with the amount of money they shell out. I mean, maybe the A's would tell you otherwise or the Rays, but a team like the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, Phillies, Astros teams with some money and have a recent winning, you, you know, have some recent winnings or the Mets now, even too, obviously, you would think that that would be it would be like a, a drop in the bucket, you know, for for them to just pay their 
to pay their fair share to the coaches. Uh, I think that's a bit ridiculous. Now, obviously, I don't expect every coach in the staff to be getting paid a million dollars a year, but you would think your premier hitting coach, like say you have, I know Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and those guys were hitting coaches for a little bit. You'd think guys like that, they're more premier guys would be getting paid fairly well. Maybe your lesser known guys or guys are, it's more of a staff rather than one pitching coach or one hitting coach, you know, would be getting paid a little less, but I, I just, I was surprised when you kind of brought it up to me that these guys are getting paid that much. I didn't, I thought that they would be getting paid a little more uh, and they do good work. Um, you know, we're not in an MLB clubhouse and we, and we didn't play in the majors or anything like that, but these guys really do make a big difference in the day in day out uh, performance of these guys, you know? So I think that, I think that you, they should just be paid more fairly. I think that's just what it comes down to. But yeah, overall, I think that you're like I kind of said just before, you know, your more premier guys should be getting paid the bigger money, and that's just kind of how it works with you know any any corporation, any business. Guys are more experienced, and um, you know if you're talking your big companies like Apple and and uh, Amazon and guys that you know people that would work there that have a little bit more um, you know a little bit more of a name would get paid a little more, and that like I said that comes with any business, but I think that we're talking a lot of money that these guys could be getting paid that they're not uh, for their performance. So not that they're going hungry or anything. They're still getting paid a very good salary to do what they do. But uh, I think the question does arise uh, where you're paying a manager X million dollars a year. You know, I think you could definitely divvy up a little bit more to their coaches that are, are kind of making up, making them up, you know, as a whole uh, manager can't work alone. So uh, but yeah, it's a good it's a good conversation to have because I didn't really think about it myself, and I don't know how many major league uh, MLB fans really uh, know that that's the, kind of the inner dealings going on there. Uh, so let's move on though to our news wrap up uh, number four here, uh, which is always who's doing the best right now. So the Yankees still own the best record in the league at fifty three and twenty, while the Astros own the second best record in the league at or I'm sorry in the AL at forty five and twenty seven. Over in the National League, the Mets own the best record at 47 and 27, while the Dodgers own the second best at 45 and 26. The Yankees still have the best run differential in the league at plus 144, while the Nationals still have the worst at minus 111. The Nationals, I think this is their second week there, and I think that you know they were they weren't far off the lead. I think there was another team that was right behind them. I think it was the Royals uh, that were right there, but uh, Nationals not having a, having a good run of it. You know, a lot not good pitching. You know, their their star Juan Soto hasn't been getting going. The lineup as a whole isn't very deep. But, you know, no surprise there if you're a Nationals fan. It's not really like you expected them competing with the Braves and the and the Mets this year. So, but, yeah, that's that's uh, who's who is doing the best right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some um, some teams I have here on my uh, hot and cold list here. Um, the Red Sox have hot of late Astros, the Brewers and Phillies are a couple teams that have been playing pretty good baseball over the last 10 days. On the cold list, I have Cleveland, the A's, Pirates, and Reds. They've been cold over the last 10 days, um, you know, just struggling a bit. So um, those are some teams I just want to throw out there um, that are either playing, you know, good baseball um, or struggling right now where, again, we're coming close to when, you know, you're going to make a decision on if your team is buying or selling. So it's hard to get on a cold streak because you don't know what, that could lead to uh, you got a cold streak could be selling you got a hot streak could be buying uh, for good or for the bad um, in certain situations like we've seen with Pittsburgh some years ago they had some wins all of a sudden they were buying for some reason and got rid of every 
you know, great prospect they had, and it just made no sense. And their franchise has been struggling ever since. Yeah, I believe the I believe the Pirates they they had a good streak going, and they lost like four or five or four or six. They're really not doing good. Um, but they got some, you know, O'Neill Cruz comes up, and you, you like to see that. So, also a quick shout out to the Orioles. They just clinched a winning month, which I thought. <laughs> was not possible coming into the season, but I believe for the month of June, even if they lose uh, the last few games here, they have a winning record for the month of June. So shout out to them. Uh, I did see that on OB network today. I think it's pretty impressive. So good for them. The team that really was a basement dweller. And I think both Frank and I kind of, and most people had them at a hundred losses. So um, not that they're going to be winning a, at least or anything, but the fact that they had a winning month is, uh, is something else. They've been on a good streak. So let's move on to who's hot and who's not from the hot and cold teams. Move on to the hot and cold players. I honestly forget who the players of the week were. Uh, I think it was uh, Isaac Paredes for the Rays and, and someone else for in the NL. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it was Paul Goldschmidt because he always is anymore. Um, dude's just on a tear. But the – oh, no, I'm sorry. I do have – I believe it was Freddie Freeman who I do have on here actually. Excuse me. But the number one player I have on here ironically – as we mentioned in the news, is Jesse Winker. Hit 500 over the last week with a 944 slugging and a 1584 OPS. So uh, he wasn't just smacking people around. He was also smacking the baseball around, I guess. <laughs> Number two, I have Josh Bell, who's also been uh, kind of an underrated uh, kind of hero for the Nationals. Or I wouldn't say a hero because it's not like they're really setting the world on fire, but he really has been an underrated hitter all year. Uh, batting 500 over the last week with a 722 slugging and a 1272 OPS. Uh, Number three, uh, not a surprise name on here. Trey Turner batted 464 over the last week with an, uh, 643 slugging and an 1127 OPS. Number four, uh, I just can't believe this guy's having this kind of year, but Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk batted 450 over the last week with a 1050 slugging and a 1572 OPS. It's just absolutely on a tear for the Blue Jays and, you know, has really been a big part of that lineup this year, it seems. And number five, like I previously mentioned, I believe he was named NL Player of the Week, Freddie Freeman. Batted 440 over the last week with an 840 slugging and a 1373 OPS. Um, so those were your hot uh, hitters for the week. As far as the cold hitters, I have uh, J.P. Crawford. Batted 087 over the last week with a 174 slugging and a 334 OPS. Uh, number two, Jack Sawinski for the Pirates. Batted 053 over the last week with a 211 slugging and a 428 OPS. Uh, number three, Jake Cronenworth, a zero average, zero slugging, and 182 OPS, went 0 for his last 18. Number four, Anthony Rizzo, also zero average, zero slugging, and a 280 OPS, also 0 for his last 18. And number five, Labor Torres, batted 056 over the last week, and 056 slugging, and a 246 OPS. He also got mildly hurt, uh, I believe, over the weekend in the Astros game. I uh, like, kind of sprained his ankle or something serious, but... Uh, you know, kind of when it rains, it pours. You're about no 56 of last week, and then you, like, sprain your ankle and get thrown out when you're the winning run at third on, in, like, the bottom of the inning. So not a great week for Glaber, and obviously not a great week for Rizzo and Cronenworth or any of these guys. So those are your those are your cold players of the week. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had most of them players on both sides, so not much to go over there. But pitcher-wise, some hot pitchers. Chad Cool, clicked team shot against the Dodgers. I think it was the first pitcher in, like, four years to do that. Against the Dodgers, hmm. uh, Christian Javier obviously was part of the no hitter for the Astros. Frankie Montas, I think, believe through eight uh, shutout innings the other day. Otani's been pitching great, 13 strikeouts the other day. 
And Tyler Wells for Baltimore has been pitching uh, pretty good over the last uh, seven to 10 days. Some cold pitchers. I mentioned some big names here. Uh, Tristan McKenzie got lit up his last start. Hunter Green's been giving up a ton of home runs recently. Giolito's been bad over the last four or five starts. Tariq Scooble's been getting hit pretty hard after his good start. And Alex Wood uh, gave up a bunch of runs in his last start. So there's some pitchers there, some relatively big names um, that have been getting hit uh, pretty hard here uh, of late. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, you know, some of those guys like Tariq Scooble had uh, some pretty good uh, early season success. So seeing a guy like him get hit around is kind of, you know, kind of tough and tough for the Tigers who, uh, you know, are they're really not having that great of a season and they kind of expected at least to get going here at some point. So guys like that kind of hurts. Um, Chad cool. As far as on the good side, um, staying cool, I guess. Pardon yeah, the pun. Cool. Uh, yeah. He had a great start obviously. And against the Dodgers is a big lift for the team. Not that the Rockies are, are exactly setting the world on fire. Now. Yeah. That's impressive too, because Colorado is just so infamous for, um, uh, Obviously, the stadium being tough to pitch in, but just as a team, they never really get hitters, uh, pitchers going. So good for him. That's really that's cool to see for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The next thing I got here are the injuries. Of course, um, I would say we had a pretty pretty big injury uh, week here um, relative to some big names, unfortunately. Um, so to start off, Manuel Margot, hurt his knees, going to be on the IL for a while. Kevin Kiermeyer as well on the IL. David Torres, you mentioned. Um, He's day-to-day for now. Salvador Perez, thumb surgery is going to be out for eight, eight weeks or so. Tyler Larnick, the Twins, out six weeks with surgery. Matt Duffy placed in the I.L. Michael Brantley, shoulder injury. He's placed in the I.L., another big name. Ty France was on the I.L., another big name. Uh, Kelly Jensen placed in the I.L. with a regular heartbeat. Um, he's always kind of dealt with that, so it's not too, 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 too crazy, but it's something to keep an eye on because, it, obviously, it is your heart. Bryce Harper is going to get uh, you know, hit on his thumb. He's going to get surgery. He's going to be out at least at least six weeks. That's a shame there. Hunter Renfro yeah. plays in the IL. Jack Flaherty came back, and now he's placed back in the IL with um, what they're saying is shoulder soreness or dead arm, essentially. And Daniel Hudson for the Dodgers towards ACL, so he's out for the year. Mm. But there has been some decent news on the good side of the injuries, you know, injury front. And we'll start off with uh, Wander Franco was activated. Chris Sales throwing 96 miles per hour in his rehab starts. Zach Greinke was activated. Jorge Polanco should be activated here pretty shortly. Stephen Piscotti activated, I believe, today or yesterday. Max Scherzer is on his second rehab start. The ground was facing live hitters. Tyler Stevenson's progressing. They said it faster than they thought, so he could be back here pretty shortly. One of the better offensive catchers this year for the Reds. Uh, Machado still day-to-day, um, but they're hoping he should be back here against the you know in the Arizona series, hopefully. And Chris Bryant was activated. So those are some big names there on the good side of things. So yeah, that's good to see. But overall, I would say it's it was um, a tough week uh, with injury because we did see a lot of big names who are going to be out multiple weeks um, and, and players on, on contending teams and players that they are really, really needed on these teams like Bryce Harper. Yeah, I um, I have Michael Brantley, Manny Machado and Mookie Betts all on the IL on my fantasy team. So I'm not a happy camper. Uh, at the moment, because they're literally my offense. Um, but it is what it is. Um, you know, they're, I, none of the injuries are serious. Actually, Machado never went on the IL, which is weird. Um, if they were going to hold him out that long, you think you just make a corresponding roster move. I think at least just get a batter up or something, or an extra pitcher or something. So, I mean, overall, not terrible news. Uh, 
I believe it was uh, the Dodgers guy that he said was kind of out for the year. That's obviously a tough blow really to any team. So uh, that kind of stinks, but I mean, overall, not too, too bad. Um, could definitely, we've had worse injury weeks, <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, definitely take that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it's a shame, but we have had worse, <clears throat> but um, yeah, definitely could be worse too. So the last thing I got here is our trivia question for the week. And uh, the reason I picked this trivia question is because um, we got some pretty crazy stats going on here with John Birdie for the Marlins. John Birdie has 18 stolen bases in the month of June already. And um, I believe he has more stolen bases in the month of June than any other National League player has for the whole year. <clears throat> but uh, to stick to that, um, you know, that stat of the game. Um, which mm. player owns the most consecutive stolen bases in MLB history without being thrown out? Um, and the record is held by Vince Coleman with 50 consecutive stolen base attempts without being thrown out. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals on September 18th, 1988 to July 26th, 1989. He was not called stealing. Again, Vince Coleman, he stole 50 consecutive bases. Second on that list is Ichiro in 2007. He holds the AL record with 45 consecutive storm base attempts without being thrown out. So that's a trivia question for the week. Cool. Yeah, it's a tough stat to get, right? 50 stolen bases in a row. I mean, Jesus, without being thrown out, let alone get, let alone get 50 in like, you know, three years for some players anymore. Uh, stolen bases are obviously, especially in the last few years when analytics are really kind of running wild. People really weren't stealing. Um, unless you're Ronald Acuna, who would just steal every time he was on base, no matter what. Um, yeah. <laughs> guys well, like Marte that. Year, Marte last year, where all of a sudden he got in a stolen base group, um, mm-hmm. and he stole, you know, felt like a thousand of them. That's what Birdie's doing now. Um, sometimes you get hot with it, but also I just don't think that it's it's covered much. The defenses aren't used to it. The players aren't used to it. The pitchers aren't used to it. The, no one's used to the stolen base as much. So. Yeah. If you want to get aggressive, you could definitely steal more bases, especially against some of these pitchers, a lot of these pitchers anymore, who just don't hold the runners on very good and have a long delivery or stretch, you know, stretch mechanics, as you could say, to the plate. Like we've seen with Syndergaard with the Mets, and the Mets had issues in that World Series year, but um, a lot of pitchers are slow to the plate, especially relievers, Chapman, Kenley Jensen, guys like that. So you can really just get stolen bases and just be aggressive, aggressive as you want um, <clears throat> and really change the game with doing that. Um, so we're seeing John Burr to do yeah. that. And we've seen Thor Marte do it last year with, um, with I believe it was with the Marlins at one point and then the A's last year. So he really, you know, these guys are really kind of stepping up out, out of nowhere, essentially in the middle of the season and all of a sudden stealing a bunch of bases and ending up with, you know, who knows how many Bird he can end up with. He's at 18 just June already. You know, he could end up with yeah. 56 stolen bases at this pace. Really? I mean, Jesus. And that's, for stolen bases anymore, that's a fantastic season. Um, even if you're not like, a, even if you're not a guy that's like an Acuna or like a Starling Marte, who's kind of a more of a bigger name, just doing that is is makes you so much more valuable. I feel like, at least in my eyes, I don't know, I don't, you know, analytics are are something else anymore. But uh, to me, if you can steal, if you can steal like at least thirty bags in a season or something, you're you're special. Um, that's just a very valuable player. Um, but it depends on your rate too. You know, if you're getting you have 30 stolen bases, but you get thrown out 30 times. It's like, well, <laughs> like, I don't know, but exactly. it sounds like he's on a good streak. So, well, that's all I got for this week. Um, that's all I got for my notes. Um, I believe the, uh, in other news, 
regarding sports. I believe the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup just a few days ago as of recording this and when this goes live, obviously. So congrats to them. And that officially, I believe they won in game six, but that officially ends uh, the of the four major sports. The only sport running right now is baseball. So, you know, finals ended with the Warriors win. Uh, Stanley Cup ends with a avalanche win over the Lightning. And that leaves baseball all alone until you start seeing some uh, some football games, some football camps opening up and uh, and some preseason stuff going on there. But we are entering that time of the year where only baseball's on. So that's, uh, I think, kind of cool and worth mentioning, to be honest. And congrats, obviously, to the Avalanche for a Stanley Cup win. Big-time hockey fans out there, obviously. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, um, Colorado winning and stopping Tampa. I believe they won back-to-back on for three P, but they got stopped by Colorado. Congrats yep. to them. Baseball being the only sport out of the major four going um, is pretty is pretty cool. Obviously, baseball hits the headlines now. Um, they are the headlines more than ever um, during this part of the year. And then with the trade deadline, all-star game, home run derby, stuff like that coming up, it's just more, you know, the most exciting part of the season. Minus, mm-hmm. obviously, the playoffs. And then the uh, last little bit I got here um, is that this weekend is Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, Independence Day is Monday, you know, uh, July 4th. So we'd like to hope everybody has a, you know, a good holiday. Enjoy their weekend. Hopefully it's, you know, nice weather. Enjoy the time with friends and family. Um, but also, you know, thank our um, our veterans, our active military personnel to help us, give us that freedom and that day. Um, it makes that, day, you know, cherish that day um, as much as we do. So um, just wanted to go over that. and. Um, yeah, just excited for the weekend and, um, you know, enjoying the nice weather, hopefully, um, and friends and family. Uh, yeah, happy uh, July 4th. Have a happy July 4th uh, weekend and be safe. And um, we hope, you know, wherever you are out there, it's nice weather for you and you can enjoy, have a barbecue and, and celebrate properly. And like kind of like Frank said, thank you to uh, kind of thinking of the veterans and thinking of uh, um, all the ones we lost and, and uh all the ones that are still kind of protecting this, helping protect this country and its freedom and independence. And, um, you know, it's obviously, uh, you know, a holiday worth celebrating in this country or any independence or any country, you know, whether you're listening internationally or not. So, uh, yeah, enjoy your July 4th weekend, have fun, be safe. And, uh, with that, you know, that's kind of all I have for this episode. So if that's all you have too, we can wrap this one up. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, just uh, ready for the most exciting, second most exciting part of the baseball season, the trade deadline, the all-star break, stuff like that. So um, yeah, we're just yeah. kind of rolling right into that. Um, and then shortly after that, it'll be the playoffs playoff season already. So um, it's about to get really exciting. We already seen one trade and uh, things are about to go, you know, haywire, essentially. Um, things are going to get crazy. There's going to be rumors. There's going to be trades, you know, every five seconds. So it's going to get nuts. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So a lot to look forward to, and hopefully we have some Home Run Derby uh, information coming up soon because I love the Home Run Derby, especially the way they have the current format. It gets me excited. So uh, we'll see if we have any more info on that in the coming weeks and the participants. So that'll be cool. Uh, But with that, I guess we can wrap this one up. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Mike LaPree. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike LaPree. 
And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FW10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at Screwball Pod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at Screwball Pod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.